I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Episode 77. And first off, we have a new addition. Welcome. Oh, wait. Not Creepinati? I mean, we do, but that was going to be later. <laughs> oh, okay. My baby Bo. Mm. <laughs> Y'all, if you're not in the Facebook group. What are you doing with your life? I mean, get over there now. It's fun. You'll love it. <laughs> it's your people. But I got a dog. <laughs> he is a four-year-old English bulldog. And, well, his name was Bullet. But, I mean, again, insert sex joke. But I didn't want to call him Bullet. And then I didn't really want to shorten it to, like, bully. Because, I don't know. Anyway, so I named him Bo. It's close enough. He's How four. How does it spell? Oh, B-E-A. <laughs> How does it spell? B-E-A-U-X. I know everybody that speaks French is like, ugh, with the X. But it's like, it's like the Cajun French version. Mm-hmm. And that's what she wishes she was. Yeah. And I got him a little Saints jersey that's a little too little. <laughs> and that's the biggest size they make. But uh, I see you, Bo, because same. He's an extra large piece of two, Bo show. <laughs> yes. For sure. Like, he's like party size. <laughs> <laughs> It's pretty sad that he fits in so well because he waddles, we waddle. He sleeps all the time. I sleep all the time. Mm-hmm. He snores. We both snore. <laughs> he has rolls. We have rolls. <laughs> he has allergies. We have allergies. I'm allergic to him. <laughs> Sorry. This bitch. But he's perfect because I've never had a dog that's like just mine. You know, I grew up yeah. with dogs, like with a dog in the house, but that's very different than like it being yours, you know? And so he's like the perfect first dog because he's yeah. already house trained. He already is like neutered and has all his shots and he's perfect. He's out of the puppy stage of annoyingness. So I love him. <laughs> oh, and yeah, we do have a new Patreoner. So yay! <laughs> we did. We both did jazz hands. <laughs> it is Krista O from Vermont. So Ooh. thank you. Up in the Vermont. Every time I think of Vermont, I feel like a like I'm in a Hallmark movie. Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> <laughs> there is one thing I want to talk about on a serious note. Last episode, episode 76, Avi, this is 77, I covered Robert Picton, who was, if you haven't listened to it, he was the pig farmer who killed women, fed them to the pigs. In the episode, I talked a lot about that the women that he killed were were marginalized populations of women who were homeless or sex workers or had issues with substance abuse problems and that it was ignored basically for a really long time because they are part of these marginalized populations and a couple of people in the facebook group talked about that they are from canada and they were surprised we had never heard of it uh sheena and tawny again two of our resident canadians and we're surprised that we had never heard of it. I've never in my life felt more like an egocentric American. I know. You know, I know. like we don't know shit, which is part of why I think that I love this true crime wave that we're in yeah. because because we're learning about all these people from other countries. And the I think it's helping us grow as humans because we're realizing the issues that, that come from everywhere. With that being said... I was a solid two or three pages into my Google searches. You know how you hit like next page? Yeah. And I never saw not one thing about him murdering 
indigenous women. And thank you so much for Sheena and Tawny who brought that up in the Facebook group because it needs to be mentioned. And so I feel like this is just a perfect example of how like indigenous people are marginalized even in marginalized populations. Like, does that make sense? Like they are. Yes, it really does. And it's heartbreaking. And I am so sorry that I missed that part of the story because it is clearly a huge part of the story that all of these women went missing. And again, a big piece of it was because they were indigenous. And so I'm sorry that I missed that piece of it because it is super important. Tani also mentioned the Trail of Tears in Canada. And so I'm going to do an episode on that. We try our best to find all of the pieces to the stories, but clearly sometimes we miss things. So if if you are local or you know things like that, share it with us. We want to know and we want to make sure that we are representing people who are victims of crimes in the best way possible and not missing out on this like in this case, we're missing an entire population of women that were most of his victims. So thank y'all so much for pointing that out. We, again, we welcome the feedback. We want to know your personal experiences with living in the area. And if you know stuff from a different angle that we didn't take or that, again, you just know from your life living in places and you know experiencing things, please, please tell us. So thank y'all so much for filling us in on that. And giving me the idea to do the trail tears. Yes. Yes. Also, I mean, let us know when we get Paula and Gertrude wrong and uh, (laughs) Bloody Mary wasn't Queen Elizabeth. (laughs) I mean, you know, things like that. So for my story this week, I literally just picked a state. So I literally was like, murders in New Mexico. And it pulled up an article of like obscure murders that have like a um conspiracy attached to it and i was like yes i am here for this and so i chose the first one i also practiced saying this city a lot and i know (laughs) i'm still gonna fuck it up because and it's not hard oh god it's like okay so the city is toss and again i practiced and it i like have a anxiety belly about trying to say it (laughs) you know what i mean like i was like i gotta say it okay So, there was a man that lived there. His name was Arthur Rockford Manby. And this happened a long fucking time ago. Oh, shit. 1865. Close. Close. We're in the... We are in, like, the 1880s, 90s, kind of. Okay, okay. Okay. So, Arthur Manby was actually born in England. He was the eighth of nine kids. His dad was a reverend... His mom was an artist. She was a watercolorist. He had a good life. He went to school. He studied architecture and mineralogy. But in like 1880-ish, he was like, look, I'm not, I have eight brothers and sisters. Like, I'm not going to get anything of an inheritance from my family because, you know, when they divide up all the land and all that, it's it's not going to be anything. So when he was 24, he immigrated from England to America. And this was 1883. He sailed the ocean blue to New York. And then, (laughs) and then from there, he took a train to New Mexico. So Arthur was very she, she, he was like, 
dressed always like he was going to high tea. He was very fancy. I don't know. Is that right? High tea? Is that a thing? I mean, yeah. I know the words are a thing, but is it fancy? Uh-huh. Okay. I think so, because Taylor Swift says it in her London boy song. Well, then, then it has to be. Mm-hmm. We probably just offended everyone in England. Well, so old Arthur was trying to make a life for himself. He wanted to be great. He wanted to have all this land. He wanted to have all this money. And he was willing to do anything to get it. So, old Arthur was pretty fucking shady. So, this is what he did. He would basically lie, cheat, steal, anything to get property from people. He had some, like, pieces of gold that he scattered throughout this land. And then said, like, oh, we found gold. And then would, like, get investors from... Everywhere from England, New York, Chicago, Maryland, all these people to invest to like mine for gold. And there was no gold. It was his. Spoiler alert. Isn't that some fucking shady shit? If you've watched Sneaky Pete, they do that with like uranium or some shit. Or I can't remember. But it's like cat litter and shit that they put. It was crazy. But like if I were to do that. Mm-mm. Would never work. I know. Well, and when you said that, all I thought about was on Greece when she said some sneaky peek to make the party going. <laughs> God, <laughs> you remember that? Yes. Also, you know he was good at Monopoly. Oh fuck yeah! He was like, I'm gonna buy all the railroads. Mm. That's all I know about Monopoly. What the avenues, the Carolinas. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. That's all I got. Okay, orange, red, yellow. That was Blue. a trivia question the other night. Mm-hmm. We missed it. Yep. <laughs> Whoops. Meanwhile, though, we always reference it with Pasco Collect $200. I know, but that's what I know. And Marvin Gardens, and that wasn't the answer. Marvin Gardens? What's that? It's the yellow one. Oh. There's three, but there's, that one is my favorite because I always land on it. Mm. Do you buy it? Yeah, because I always land on that motherfucker. BGW, I have never won Monopoly in my life. I have never played an entire game of Monopoly to know if I've won or not. Oh, girl, we used to keep it on our table. Uh Uh-uh. Be like, okay, we coming back to it. Uh Uh-uh. Longest game ever. (laughs) It is. So what he did was he created four different corporations. And they were all fronts to, like, launder the money and, again, to steal this money from people because again they thought they were investors in these companies that were mining for gold and all of that and um they weren't his goal was so okay there was this huge piece of land like over sixty thousand acres it was called antonio martinez land grant and he ended up getting just under sixty thousand acres of it what the fuck yeah the other thing that he did too was He also got the hot springs, and like today, it is still named Mamby Hot Springs. Whoa. You know, and he was pretty, again, don't steal from anybody, but he took a lot of land and money from Native Americans and Spanish settlers. Motherfucker. And so he would bring in appraisers to appraise the land, as you do, and he would be like, okay, your land's worth two gold bars. I don't know. What was the currency then? Two sheep heads. Two gold bars and two sheep head. <laughs> and they'd be like, dang, is it really? And he'd be like, yeah. 
they'd be like, okay, you can have it. Or, you know, we'll, we'll take that. Well, meanwhile, the appraiser was fake, not even an appraiser. And he was paying them off to say it's worth less, mm-hmm. even though this fucking fuckity fuck knows it is worth more. Yes. And so he was basically buying all this land for pennies on the dollar because he was cheating these people. And they believed that this was a real appraiser coming to tell them what their land was worth, and it wasn't. Wow. I hope he had diarrhea for the rest of his life. Well, then he created this group, and it was called United States Civil Secret Service Society. That is a lot of S's. Did he listen to our sinister sightings? I know that civil is a C, but States Civil Secret Service Society. Yeah, that's too much. That is a tongue twister. Mm -hmm, That's worse than Cheryl Sheeshed. So the society was meant to be a place where people would pay him money to be part of this society, and it was all fucking fake. Well, he tried to get this guy, Dr. Victor C. Thorne. He lived in New York. He's a thorn in my fucking side. Well, he's a multimillionaire, so he can thorn my side all he fucking wants to. okay. Mm -hmm. He can thorn my rose bush all night long. Well, he was trying to really get this guy to be part of the society and stuff because... People were starting to know. They were like, this is shady. This isn't right. You know, he's buying up all this land, He could, but he doesn't have any fucking money. So people were starting to sue him and, like, try to get their money back. So he had a lot of civil and criminal cases, actually. Oh, shit. Yeah, from, like, 1902 to 1913. And so the secret society, in his mind, was his way out. Like, if he could get these people to invest in all of this, then he could pay off all his debts and, like, start over. Just after, like, three years of getting all of that land, it ended up being sold at auction because he couldn't pay. But here's the thing, too, though. Before they realized, like, he couldn't pay anything and all that and it sold an auction, I told you how he would, like, salt the land with the gold, The other thing that he would do is buy up the water rights and, like, the actual, like, waterway going through there. And so, from what I understand, it was like people couldn't afford to stay there because he owned the water. Motherfucker. Yeah. And so, they would sell their land to him for really cheap because, again, no water. Yeah. What you gonna do? He wanted, again, he wanted money. He wanted to be somebody... Even though the bulk of the land sold at auction within three years, he still was able to keep 23 of those acres for himself. And he wanted to build this grand hacienda. Very she-she. Mm-hmm. And so he did. Build it. They will come. hmm Well, he builds his 19-room hacienda and retreats to it. Like, he is, he's close to like $900,000 in debt, they said. I don't know if that's our money or his money time, but that's what one of the articles said. And because everybody knew he was shady, he was he was broke, people were suing him, he became a recluse and just stayed in his house. In 1929, some U.S. deputies from Santa Fe were going to Arthur's house because they had to give him, like, serve him with some paperwork because uh, he's being sued again. You've been served, bitch. This man be served. When the deputy got there, nobody answered the door. Nobody's home. So he goes to the courthouse, and he's like, goes to see the sheriff, and he's like, yo, have y'all seen 
oh, Arthur, because I need to give him this paperwork. Look, it's a long way back home. Like, can you can you help a brother out? So the two officers, you know, because he you know was asking for help. The two officers go to his house to see what's up. And when they get there, they look through and they see Arthur laying in on this cot because his, his house had a bunch of sunrooms and he was laying on this cot in one of the sunrooms. And like when they look in, they're like, holy fucking shit. Where is his head? Oh, fuck. Uh-huh. So they go in and they find Arthur's German shepherd in there. And is he alive? Yes, he's good. Okay. And Arthur's body is bloated, bugs flying everywhere around oh, it. God. It had been there a long time. Ew. The thing is, though, is his head wasn't there. Mm. That poor man's already lost his fucking head. So, what they were thinking is because, okay, his body, again, Flies, bugs, very badly decomposed, very bloated, has been there a while. Mm-hmm. And he should not have had those carbs at dinner. What the, <laughs> what the police were thinking was that maybe his dog, like, chewed Bit his, his head, head off. off. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't have to bite my head off about it. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, yours is a snack size. Yeah. And then, like, because all this, like, skin and stuff from his head was gone. So, they call in what I'm assuming is the coroner, and guess what the, the what guess what the coroner said? He died by natural causes. Oh no, he didn't. Yeah, they they said what had happened was he died of a heart attack, and mm-hmm. then because he was there so long, his dog gnawed his face off, and I guess it took the head with it. I don't fucking know. Took the head with it, ate it all. Mm-hmm. Didn't shit any bones or anything out. No, because he didn't, in their world, didn't eat any of the bones. But where were the bones? Intact. Oh. Like his head was just rolled off. Oh. I thought it was like missing. No, no, no. The head was like like so right the skull. there. Yeah. Was anyone else Paula Gertrude on that or just me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. 45 episodes later. <laughs> that shit never gets fucking old. <laughs> Maybe to some other people, but not to me. So they are like, yeah, died of natural causes. Like, it is what it is. Well, Arthur had two brothers, Alfred and Erdly. You Erdly me? Right? <laughs> <laughs> Donna is never Erdly. She always late. <laughs> <laughs> That's the damn truth. Okay, so they are like, there is no motherfucking way that he died of a heart attack and his dog gnawed his fucking head off. Like, that ain't that ain't happening. Because uh, dogs are man's best friend. Duh. Mm-hmm. So they contacted the New Mexico governor and his name, Richard Dillon, and they were like... Listen here, Dick. Yeah. Y- yes. Open this fucking investigation because this is stupid. This is so illogical. This man be dead, not by a heart attack. Right. So he says, okay, look, tells the district attorney, Fred Stringfellow, to open the case back up, and he assigns it to an investigator named William Martin. Well, William is a very good investigator and is not going to just walk in and be like, oh, natural causes. And so he's like, hmm, 
So they get his body exhumed. They get a a local dentist to like verify that those are his dentures because his dentures were like laying beside him. They got a blacksmith to confirm that the stick pin that was well, it had it was a diamond stick pin that was used to hold his underwear and three rings that he had on were his were you know Arthur's because some people are like is that even him because you there's no face like we don't know for sure that's him yeah well I thought oh shit here's a plot twist yeah this motherfucker's one step ahead yeah but also why leave your dog well the body was dressed just like Arthur dressed though he had like he was known to be very shishi like he was supposedly from like an aristocrat family every time I say that word I have to think about it because of the aristocats I have to think to be like am I saying it correctly yes oh my gosh yes the white one with the pink Mm -hmm. she is like me Mm -hmm. as a cat so he because he always wore these knee-high lace-up boots and an ascot again with a stick pin And so they were like, well, you know, it has his clothes. There's his dentures. It's wearing his stick pin and his rings. But is it really him? Because he had all this debt and all these lawsuits and all this shit that he needed to get away from. And he was 70 years old, but it wasn't, he wasn't like old and feeble, you know? Well, they exhumed the body, like I said, and they noticed that he had... A broken collarbone, two ribs were busted, and there were seven bullet holes. Wait, what? Yeah. Not a heart attack, <laughs> bullet holes. Yeah. Bullet and, holes, people. Uh-huh. And the head, the lower jaw, and the right side of the face had been blown off. It had been shot, and it was oh. blown off. Uh-huh. Not eaten. Oh, God. Well, then the dentist that, like, testified or whatever that that was his dentures recanted. What? And they also destroyed the autopsy files, you know, where it was natural causes. Uh Uh-huh. Because supposedly the state never paid him for the autopsy, so he destroyed the files. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm, What in the cover-up is going on here? Right. So they're like, okay, who who killed him? And also, is him him? You know what I mean? <laughs> because, again, there was no blood. And so we know it wasn't natural causes. And yeah. now we know there was fucking seven bullet wounds in his torso. Not to mention the one on the face. Mm-hmm. So where the fuck is the blood? Yeah. Blood. Well, they start trying to put some pieces together. And there was a guy who lived nearby, Victor Higgins, and he said, you know, not too long ago, there was a hobo that came around looking for work. And I didn't have any, so I sent him down to Arthur's house. Oh, shit. But you know, I never saw him again. Fuck. And so... They say the clothes make the man. Yeah. And so they're like, well, okay, then... Did Arthur kill him, dress him in his clothes, Mm -hmm. and then make sure that, you know, here, here's my dentures, and then made sure that nobody ever knew that nobody was the wiser because his face is gone. 
There ain't no fucking DNA. Well, there's DNA, but you know what I mean. Not in these day and ages. Yeah. What, what? DNA, yeah. DNA existed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, hmm, that could be who the body was. Well, then there was a guy who worked for the railroad. He was a little baggage boy. And he said that one night in July of 1929, this was not long before the body was found. He said that he saw Arthur get on a train heading east. And he says that, you know, he was, he and and Arthur knew each other. They talked. They were like, hey, 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 good evening. What's going on? And that Arthur gave him a hundred dollar bill to be like, don't say you saw me. Oh, shit. But again, how you fucking prove it. Uh Uh-huh. Well, then another local artist, Joseph Sharp and... His wife, they were on a trip to Florence, Italy. And while they were there, they saw a guy that looked and dressed just like Arthur Manby. And when that guy saw them, he like darted into a shop to get away from him. Mm. And so they were like, very, very interesting. Well, they tried to bring in a criminologist from San Francisco, but his fee was like $2,000. And so they're like, oh, we can't afford that. So, nope. There was a lot of other sightings, quote unquote, of Arthur Manby over the years. Some people were questioned in regards to his death, but nobody was ever arrested or anything. And in 1930, the case went cold and we have no idea what actually happened to Arthur Manby? Was that Whoa. him? Was that someone else? Is he living his best life back in Europe? We don't know. Damn. He up and vanished like a fart in the wind. Or did he? Or did he? And if he didn't, who killed him? And why did they, were they so quick to put it as natural causes? Because mm-hmm. if his brothers had to been like, uh, a fuck no, yeah. we would never, they, they would have never even known that it wasn't natural circumstances. Yeah. Hell, if, again, you know I love a conspiracy. Me too. Then I'm thinking, he probably paid off the coroner. It was like, this is what's going to happen. Could have, yeah. You know, say this, and no one's going to be like, no, I don't think so. Like, the coroner Mm -hmm. said it, okay. Well, and he was well, like, he was known to have politicians in his back pocket. Mm. Like, he was known to be, to pay them off. And so, yeah, that could have, that could be it too. Yeah, so was his his death is just as mysterious and conspiracious. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Shrouded in conspiracy as his life. So I mean, who knows, but it is still a mystery. Whoa. I want to know what ascots he wore. I don't know, but I do know when they buried him, they buried him like outside the city cemetery. Like wouldn't even put him in the city, like in Damn. in the cemetery. It was like on the outside of the wall. So it's like a pauper's kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So his headstone said, Arthur B. Manby, born 1960, England, died 1929, Taos. And then it said, on her, his headstone, it said, he planted the trees in this park and on Pueblo Road. Like that's the only thing he was known for. Damn. Good. Damn. Yeah. So, that is Arthur Manby and his mysterious death. Well, I wonder if Bob Ross painted those trees at some point. I think they were very happy trees, and I bet Mm -hmm. he did. 
Mm-hmm. And under those trees, there's gold, maybe. Could be. Ascot, what you... Sorry, I'm... I'm Obsessed with Ascot. I also have some oceanfront property in Arizona to sell you. <laughs> if you really believe there's gold there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hey, you got any gold? <laughs> okay. On that note, your story time. Okay. So Amy was at the party that was like decades, characters, you know, the one that I said was 80s party. Mm-hmm. 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 That one. Um, But she's friends with my brother, Kenneth, and my sister-in-law, Barbara. That's how I know her. And she has sent in some sinister sightings before. Mm -hmm. Well, she was like, girl, I want you to do this thing, and I have some stories for you. So I was like, all right, send them to me. I'll do it. And, you know, that was like forever ago. Well, then at the party, she was like, hey, you haven't, like, have you researched about that? I was like... Send me your stuff and I'll do it. Yeah. So now I'm doing it, okay? All right. I got on it. When you said that was forever ago, I was like, that was last week. I know. (laughs) But the party was last week. Yeah. Gotcha. 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 So I'm doing Bosworth Hall, and it is in the rural town of Market Bosworth in Leicestershire, England, Mm. I think. (laughs) I mean, I know it's there, but. You think you said it right? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure. So, like, and we're talking just over 2,000 people live there, okay? okay? This town, Market Bosworth, is known for, you know, Bosworth Hall. It's known for Bosworth Field, which is the site for the Battle of War of the Roses between Richard III and Henry Tudor. So, there you go. But in 1589... The land was purchased by Walston Dixie, and he was Lord Mayor of London. Very she-she. Very. Bosworth Hall was not built until several years later, and it had, like, passed on to Sir Beaumont Dixie, who was a baronet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it just kind of served as a home for the Dixies through, like, generations, Oh, and I was like, what is fucking Baronet of Bosworth? Like, what? You know what I mean? Yeah, I've heard of like a baron and a baroness. Mm -hmm. And apparently it was given to the head of the family, the Dixie Peeps, the Dixie Stampede, um, (laughs) (laughs) by King Charles II in 1660. Hmm. So they kept that, you know, they were like she-she, all the things until the late 19th century, and they lost all of their fortune due to gambling. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. So they had to sell the estate and, you know, all the all the things. Then in 1936, Bosworth Hall and the grounds around it, it was a public hospital. And during World War II, the infirmary, like, had, you know, it was set up there and all. Yeah. So it's seen some shit. It ended up being a hospital until 1957, and it had to shut down because, like, short-staffed all the things. But then, in 1980s, it became what it is now, and that is Bosworth Hall Hotel. And it is, like, fancy, pinky-up kind of shit. Mm-hmm. I bet they have hot tea. <laughs> and they wear ascots. With some pins in them. Mm-hmm. Diamond. He was a fucking baller. Mm-hmm. Well, shot caller. 20 inch blades on the Impala. <laughs> yeah. 
You know what? He's fucking still alive. Wrote that song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's 143. <laughs> there is one major ghost that people say they see here at Bosworth Hall, and that is the Grey Lady. So we're going to travel back to the 18th century. Sir Walston Dixie, the fourth baronet, he was known for being a son of a bitch. Mm. Mm-hmm. He would fight. He would everything. Like, he, he treated his workers terribly. You know, everything. He, okay, this is what I put. He was like the fucking Gaston of the Dixie family. Damn. Mm-hmm. But mixed with some sadistic prick. I don't know. I was typing, you know. Mm-hmm. Letting it flow. Mm-hmm. In July 1739, Lady Anna Dixie, she gave birth to their third child. However, she died after the delivery. Oh, God. Yeah. But she's not the gray lady. It's Anne, the daughter. Ah. Mm-hmm. So, Anne had supposedly fallen in love with the ground's gardener, or the gardener's son. I saw two different things, you know, but probably the gardener's son. And, you know, again, they are she-she, and that is a no-no. Mm-hmm. So, and he was the son of a bitch. He had probably promised her to someone who could give them money, whatever, you know, like, all the shit. And so now it's like, bitch, you better not ruin my plans. This is like the premise to... A really good Hallmark movie. Right? It reminds me of Rain, that CW show. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not, but you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. stuff that happened in it. So what the baronet did was he planted, quote, man traps. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, again, he's fucking sadistic. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it kind of backfired on him because the gardener or the gardener's son didn't fall for the trap, but Anne did. <gasps> yep. Not good. It said it got her leg and kind of like mangled her. Somehow, you know, again, adrenaline, whatever, she was able to get free and she kind of just crawled back to her house, up to her room, and that's where she laid and she bled out. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. It said that the blood stains from her bleeding out her wounds all of that are still rumored to be like able to be seen seeping through the wooden floor along the hall's fireplace like right above where she would have been Mm-mm. and they say like why she's still there is that she's roaming the grounds looking for the gardener's son but also maybe to get revenge on her dad oh maybe yeah so if you want to go and because you, you can stay in this room, you, you know, you can stay here. It's a hotel. They will not leave the light on for you. Do you remember what commercial that's for? Uh, Motel 6. Yep. Not sponsored. <laughs> the Norfolk suite is where her room was, where she died in and where she's seen a lot. There's also another spot and it's around the door to the Newgate bar and it used to be the Newgate prison because apparently they had a prison going on there too. Like all of the shit from history. I mean, it's changed so much because this was like a wartime and everything. I mean, they just had to make do with what they could. Right. Yeah. People who work there say that they have heard the door rattling at night as if someone was trying to open it and it's too heavy to be 
like, oh, that was just the wind or, you know, a gust of wind, whatever. Like, nah, bitch, this door is fucking thick like us. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's really all I could find about the gray lady. I mean, it was just that story. Not a lot of sightings, I guess, that was documented. I'm sorry. Not a lot of sightings, I guess, that have been documented or anything. But we have Amy Posey's experience. So I'm going to read that kind of like a sinister sightings because she typed it all up. And enjoy. Amy said, I traveled to England for spring break in 2019. Unfortunately, I don't have any pictures from the trip because my computer crashed soon after returning. Well, that sucks. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it was from plugging it in the different outlets. Oh, fuck. Or you got a hex. Ooh. Or did you look for Robert the doll? The gray woman followed you home on your laptop. Fuck. I tried hunting through albums for my friends that also took the trip, but no one had shots of Bosworth Hall. I was hoping someone had the fireplace picture. While we were there, some of us tried to go ghost hunting. Nothing odd really happened, and we had one girl who insisted on making all the noise known to man because she was scared and didn't actually want to see anything. Why she came with us, I will never know. Mad emoji. Anyway, one guy in our group did manage to capture a picture of the grand fireplace that looked like it had something. You could just make out what looked like legs and childlike shorts. The cute ones from like the early 1900s before it blurred into a smear of light. Of course, this is all hearsay until I track him down and get the picture. Personally, my roommate and I had several creepy things happen while staying at Bosworth Hall. We were the only two in our group about 20 who were placed in a room on the lower level. There were a few times that others came to fetch us for activities or dinner, but no one, and I mean no one, would actually enter our room. They all stopped at the doorway and insisted on just waiting till we were ready. One girl stood there for 15 minutes while I finished blow-drying my hair. When we asked them why, they just shrug and say they felt uneasy. Damn. Look, did y'all have poopery? Because that does make a difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. Okay. My roommate and I decided to investigate for ourselves. We started taking pictures all over the rooms at different times during the day. There were lots of times that the facial recognition system would act like it was picking something up, but none of the pictures ever showed anything that we could prove that wasn't light reflected on dust particles or natural shadows. Asking around the hotel staff, it provided some insight. The area of the hotel we stayed in had previously been an ICU of sorts during World War II. It was where the worst patients went to basically wait for a miracle or to die. Can you imagine? Oh my gosh. During the week we stayed there, we'd been woken up a couple of times in the night, but whatever had woken us up wasn't apparent once coherent. We would both be woken up, however, so we knew something, maybe just bumps from the guest above us, was doing it. It made us a little jumpy. Still, I'm a skeptic until I have proof. Then, on the next to last night, the mirror happened. Dun-dun-dun. We'd spent most of the day walking around Shakespeare Country and seeing everything related to the bard, including the neighboring house of his daughter's husband's parents. No lie. Seriously, just shaking my head remembering the shake sanity. (laughs) Damn. My feet hurt. I was tired. I just wanted to soak in the tub and relax. Since Bosworth Hall is now a fancy hotel, there was a nice tub with several soaking salts to choose from. Told you. She, she. Mm-hmm. 
I started drawing the water and getting ready. The unease started about the time I turned off the water. I kept getting this feeling that something was behind me. Constantly glancing over my shoulder, I just kept trying to shake the feeling as paranoia after getting the building's history. I finally got so tired of feeling paranoid that I pulled the shower curtain around the tub. It still felt like I wasn't alone. When I got out of the tub a little later, I knew I hadn't been alone. There on the steaming mirror was a motherfucking freaking handprint. Mm-mm. I love that she said motherfucking freaking handprint. <laughs> Dang. Nope, no thanks. Mm-mm. It looked like someone had put their hand on the mirror and trailed their fingers off to the edge. What in the Jack and Rose is going on here? Girl, we all know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Little Titanic. In the Titanic mm-hmm. in the car. Mm-hmm. In someone else's dang car, too. Ah, uh, no. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, not necessarily. They had a car down there. Oh, true. That's how they came in, remember? Oh, yeah. Could be her car. Oh, fuck. Mind blown. Fuck. Why you always have to crack all the cases? <laughs> True crime over here, remember? <laughs> After I stopped freaking hyperventilating in a fetal position, ball of going to be killed by a ghost one day because I have no flight response to think about, I screamed bloody murder until my roommate woke up and pulled me out of the bathroom. Wow. We told our trip coordinator what happened and showed him the mirror, but he, being a very religious Baptist, felt that we were pulling a prank or being silly. He insisted that we not move rooms and threatened to send us home early if anything else happened. Wow. I can honestly say that I maybe slept three hours over the last 48 hours in that place. Nothing else happened, but yeah, I definitely believe in the paranormal now. Whoa. Yeah, that's crazy. And of course no one believed him. Good lord. And I mean, like, okay, if something else happens, then I'm going to send you home. Um, You going to pay for that extra ticket? I mean, how you, I mean, I don't know. So I found another, like, experience thing on deadcentral.blog, and that's ran by Vicki Grant. And she's all up in, you know, paranormal, and they do investigations and all, so very cool. Well... Bosworth Hall has, like, some events on Halloween because, you know, make that money. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would do it. She said that the first time that she did one of these events, they had a lot of experience with the REM pod. And the spirit, like, answered the questions. You know, like, they had the good rapport going on. And they found out that the spirit was male, around 50 years of age, and was also one of the soldiers brought in to the hospital. Hmm. Well, Vicky's like hospital this is a fucking hotel it was a house like what what because she didn't do any of the research because she wanted to kind of go in blind well he's like no this was one of the wards of the hospital and so vicky was like fuck i didn't tell anyone but when i walked into this room she felt it smelled like a hospital but it was like useless information so me but that just goes to show you Everything you think might be useless, there could be a reason that you're thinking it, smelling it, doing it. And that pertains to true crime as well, you know? Mm -hmm. The second time Vicky was doing one of the events, she was in what they called the judge's room, which was a small, like, official office, kind of a small conference room, I feel like. Had a large table in the middle with chairs, and so they all sat around it. She said as soon as they... Walked into that room. She was like, nope, mm-mm. 
don't like this. She said it had a darker feel than the rest of the hotel. It was just something like off. And so her and the rest of the team, uh, they used something called the Alice Box device, which is similar to the Ovulus that you see on Ghost Adventures and all of that, where they kind of spit out words randomly. Mm-hmm. And it started to say, Hell, Demon, Hung, Poltergeist. And that was completely different than what they had just done in another room. So it wasn't like it was like set to creepy. You know what I mean? It's just that's kind of the vibe it gave off. And that's what it picked up on. She said that when she was sitting in that judge's room, she was kind of against the wall. But she felt like someone had taken a piece of her hair and kind of like wisp it on her forehead. And she's like, oh, okay. Okay, like, let me look around. No one's by me. Like, no no one did anything. Everyone else is seated. No one else has noticed anything. Well, then, so she ignored it, whatevs. Then it happened again. But this time, it felt like someone touched the top of her head. Mm-hmm. And she could feel the fingers. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Don't like that. Don't like that at all. Mm-mm. So then she's like, all right, this is something. Like, it's not just, you know, like a weird sensation or anything. Like, second time something's happened to, like, my face, my head. All right. So she's telling the people. And this one lady is like, you know what? I felt like I saw a very tall shadow that was lurking by you. And at that moment, the Alex box said Victoria, which is her first full name. Mm-mm. But she goes by Vicky. Nope. I don't. Uh-uh. Later on, they go back to the judge's room. And she sits on the opposite side of the table. You know, like, okay, maybe something's over there. You know, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Just going to try something different. The lady who sat where she was said that she felt someone touching her on the head. She said that in a corner, it what they described was a monk. Because... It looked like it had a hood on, but, I mean, again, they don't know. Yeah. Yeah. They went on to, you know, have all the experiences that one usually does where they do see more shadows. They do have more, you know, interactions with blink once for yes, whatever, you know, with their EMF meters, all of that. They said that some locks on the doors moved and it's like not the kind that just would do it by the wind again. They had temperature changes, taps on the wall. Hopefully not when they were sleeping. Right. So there were multiple groups when she was there. And there were two members of Para Angels, which is a different team. And they're not mediums, but they are sensitive. They said right when they started, they entered this room and they felt the energy of a female. They said that she stood in a far corner and just watched them. And then after, like, just a few seconds, really, they were just overwhelmed with sadness. One of them started using the dousing rods, and she said that they did get some information, and what they got was that it was a nanny. She wasn't worried. She did experience sadness. You know, that's what she was feeling. She did die here in 1710. She was a schoolmistress and poverty. And later on, after they, you know, did some other stuff, they went back to that room 
to try to communicate some more, but the whole feeling of the room had changed and it wasn't sad anymore. So it was like definitely with that spirit. The para-angels, they actually took a photo and you can see like a black figure by a mirror. So I will post that in our show notes. And I mean, it's just all, all of the same. I mean, it used to be a hospital. It had something with the prison. It had, you know, like the battle on the land. And they had the tragic story of Anne and her lover and her terrible father. Gosh. It had a lot of shit going yeah. on. But yeah. not as bad as normal. You no. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Could be the, worse. Yeah. On the scale of paranormal history, this one's all right-ish. PG-13, if you will. Yes. Yes. So, thank you. I know it's kind of short, but it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I feel like. For sure, for sure. And she had experienced it. And, again, like we always say, that we do love your recommendations. Oh, absolutely. Good job. Okay. So, we have your guy who was she-she. We have this now hotel that is she-she. Mm-hmm. And... My guy wanted to make that a hotel. Damn. Mm-hmm. The Hacienda. Oh, my God. What if he went back to could've. fucking Leicestershire? He could have because he was from England and it was about that time. I'm saying. Look, they're com- they're connected. The stories are connected. <laughs> it's a thing. Problem solved. We can all go home now. Oh, God. Allegedly, y'all. Yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. Oh. But, whoa. So, I think it's awesome. I like this. It was a short episode. but It was. But I like the stories. It was something different, I feel like. Yeah. Will y'all let us know what y'all think? Yes. Okay. Well, what did we learn? We learned that some coroners, you should not take them at their word ever. Y'all need to, like, mm-hmm. oh, he died of a heart attack. I mean, he's missing his face and all, but that heart attack. Oh, there's bullet holes? Oh. Oh. You know what? Everybody has a price. Mm-hmm. Mine's a foot massage, honestly. I mean, if you came at me and said that you were going to pay my student loans off, there are a lot of things I would do. Damn. Well, here's my question to you, Carrie. Okay. What would you do for a Klondike bar? (laughs) Not sponsored. (laughs) We didn't learn very much this episode. I mean, I think this just reinforced everything we've already known. There you go. There you go. Look, we're putting our knowledge to use now. Mm-hmm. We learned a lot the past 76 episodes. 77, turn a new leaf. Already know things. Mm-hmm. 78, we're going to be like, oh, fuck. What's a podcast? That's yeah. what we're going to say. Yep. Thank y'all so much for listening, supporting us on all the social media and on Patreon. Another way you can support us is to subscribe and review us on iTunes and Stitcher. Anything else? Nothing else. But also, if Will cannot work his magic, you might hear a snore or two. But it wasn't Carrie this time. It was Bo. Oh, Bo. It was Bo. Look, it's a hard life. <laughs> so. Well, y'all remember. Creep it real and, and don't, don't get, get scared. scared.